Well, good evening. Today's show is going to be a little different. Uh, actually, we're going to entitle today's show The Q Talk. So this segment will be The Q Talk, so we're not doing our regular show. Reason being because today's show is basically just me. Uh, and as, as an intro, a lot of what I'm going to talk about today is really not how I feel. It's not my thoughts. Some of it's my opinion, and some of it's not my opinion. It's just a conversation that I, that I personally been toying with, with wanting to have or wanting to say uh, for the simple fact that somebody got to say, let's come together. Uh, so today's show, we're going to simply entitle today's show, Dear White People. Dear White People. And this is the key talk. Now, the reason why I'm naming this show this show is because I'm black. If you was white, you could say, but dear black people. But the purpose for this here show is for us and, and those who listen, if you share it, to open dialogue. Sometimes we got to talk about the difficult things for us to get to know one another. I've always said the only way we can learn how each other think or how we are feeling is to be friends. And the reason why I'm saying this because for me being a regular guy, got a college degree, been on my job forever, been working since I was 14, I'm ex-military, I'm a veteran, uh, I've played football, I've ran track. You know, I've done guide things. I've been camping, I've been fishing. Uh, and, and, it, and I've done a lot of things in my life with diversity. And it just appears that today we're not diverse. We're separated for whatever reason I don't know. I just know that there's a lot being said and a lot being uh, portrayed in the media on both the black and white side that I know isn't true. Uh, a prime, this, this is my first question. Dear white people, Honestly, why do you hate black people so bad? I think most black people want to know what is it that we have done that has made you hate us? Because I, I, I'm not speaking for all blacks, but I'm speaking for a large majority of blacks. We literally don't dislike any other race. Our main functioning goal, I can't go for 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 60 years I'm talking about today. Our main goal and function is the same as your goal and function. We just want to be a part of society. We want to help build up this country, lift up this country. We fought wars with you. We've, we, we've ate in restaurants with you. We've built towers with you. We've, we've built the in infrastructure. We've built highways with you. We have done everything. We just want to have an opportunity to send our kids to the best school to get the best education without a racist bias. A prime example of what I'm talking about. If a black coach wins the Super Bowl, that's what they're going to keep saying, a black coach, a black coach. Why you just can't say Coach Caldwell won the Super Bowl? Why you just can't say Coach Caldwell has really uh, built this team up and it looks like him and they winning? Why do we have to continue to label things black this, black that, or vice versa. That, to me, and, and a lot of 
black people feel. That's the greatest. We're like, okay, why he just can't be a person? You know, why he can't just be a regular coach? I mean, he's a he's a player. He's a coach. He builds relationships with his team. Why do we have to give him a label or her a label as a black coach? Another thing that has, has really, really bothered me is the fact that all of a sudden, over the last three and a half, four years, I'm not a politician, so I'm not picking on no politicians, but it just appears that we got all these hate groups popping up. We got all these racially divided groups popping up. Now, the main thing, look, it's not about whether I like the president or not. The only problem I have with this president is he has done everything in his power to divide us as a country. A president's job, among other things, but his one of his main jobs is to bring the country together, to keep us together, to work together, to build up a foundation together. It's not to divide us and have us uh, at war with each other, you know, because all this really started for me. I maybe it started earlier for some of y'all, but a lot of this that became mainstream started when Colin Kobanek kneeled during the national anthem. Now, let me say something to most of y'all. And dear white people, hear me. It had absolutely positively nothing to do with the flag. He was not disrespecting the flag. He was not disrespecting the military. He was not disrespecting this country. He was just using his position to bring attention to something that's really, until this day, happening in this country. It just happened recently in Texas. He w Wiley, Texas, matter of fact. He was just saying, listen, we need to look at the relations on why this is happening. He wasn't violating our rights. And let the truth be told, until this president started running for office, and he made y'all think it was something if y'all jumped on the bandwagon because he was doing this before then and nobody said anything. But once this individual said something in a negative tone, y'all jumped on the bandwagon. Now listen, the reason why I'm ex-military, okay, I done served this country. I got my years in. I got my honorable discharge. I'm, 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 I'm there. Been there, done that, okay. I have to say, some of us need to understand. Well, well, let me back up. Just recently, we had this little 17-year-old boy that his mother drove him across state lines. He killed two people. This young boy was a racist. This young boy also wanted to become a police officer. His goal was to be a police officer. Now, imagine him being an adult as a police officer what he would have done in the black community and probably gotten away with it. So I'm saying that to say we need better education, better race relationships, better counseling, better classroom for our police officers, better screening. So when when we when I'm gonna be all over the place today, when the word defunding police officers came up, it was used wrong. You didn't understand what they were saying. It wasn't saying uh, break up the police department. We don't need the police. No, they were saying a police department don't need a, a 
M113 Abrams tank. The National Guard and Reserve need that equipment. Let's shift all our technical equipment over to the National Guard and Reserve at the state and city level, and let's give our police officers better educational training how to treat people. Because, see, this is where black people have a problem, and dear white people, listen to me, is because you can have a white guy go into a theater and shoot up everybody and be alive. You can have a white guy go into a church, shoot up everybody, and be alive. The only one that got, you know, recently the guy killed was the security guard, I think it was in Denver, uh, where he shot the guy. But most of these guys, they walking into these mosques and these churches, blowing everybody away, and guess what? You know they're criminals. You know they have a weapon. You know that they not only have killed, but they tend to kill some more, but you still arrest them. Black people are saying we're unarmed and being shot because of, number one, probably a police officer who was like this 17-year-old kid who automatically had racist tendencies because he was raised racially. So now he's become an adult and he has the authority. He's going to act out in a way that we don't understand. So what we are saying or what we have tried to say, dear white people, is just listen to the situation. Listen to the problem. Listen to the complaint. And don't form a false judgment. A few years ago, maybe four years ago, I met this guy. I'm a truck driver. I met this guy, and we got on the subject of conversation. And this guy, if you looked at him, you wouldn't have thought he was somebody that like black people. He looked at, you know, he just had to look. And I think that's how we started talking because we were standing at the same place and I wasn't saying anything. So he just started talking. Then in our conversation, he says to me, my father, my dad is black. Now I'm looking at him thinking, okay, where are we going with this joke? This got to be a joke. So then he goes to tell me when I was real, real young, when I was young, my mom dated and married a black guy. He said, I have a brother who's black. I just got hung up the phone with my brother. I truly love my brother. I love he said to me, This young black man came into my life and treated me as if I was his own DNA son. He raised me like I was his son. He took me to ball games like I you didn't know. And he said it. That man is my dad. He said, I call that man dad, father, pops, all the, that's who he is to me because he showed me and taught me what a man's supposed to be and do, and that's take care of his family. And this man took on the responsibility knowing that he was in a difficult situation, but no matter what situation we was in, he constantly showed love to me and my mom. And he was an excellent father. He talked about his brother. My brother's a lawyer. He said, I always grew up wanting to be a truck driver. But my father was always pushing me to be better. He said, and this was a black guy who cared so much about me that he shared so much of love in him. And I'm standing there listening to this story because I had never, on Hollywood, you hear this, but I had never heard this story 
out loud before. So it was throwing me off because I was like, wow, this is a real story. And I thought it was just amazing. Another thing, dear white people, especially dear Christian white people, hear me out. And all y'all know this. If any white guy or any black guy has a heart attack and someone dies who's an organ donor, you can be white and a black guy's in a car accident and he's an organ donor and you need a heart, that heart will keep you alive. His lungs will keep you alive. His kidney will keep you alive. If you open up any grave or coffin in the world, once it's turned to dust, you cannot look in that coffin and say that it was a black person or a white person because ultimately we all go back to our original self the way God created us and you cannot tell who's black and white. The only way you can tell who's black and white is because God gave us eyes to see the pigment of our skin. But that doesn't give anybody, doesn't give black people the right to hate Latinos or whites or Asians. And it should not give white people the right to hate blacks or Latinos or Asians or anybody. Because especially if you're a Christian, you should be understanding that Jesus Christ simply said to you, he made it plain and clear. How can you stand before me and say you love me but hate your brother? And then he got real personal. How can you say you love me? You don't even know what I look like. But you hate your brother. So how are you sitting up in church not loving everybody the way Jesus did? Now, I said this in one of my sermons. What we need to do is learn how to be friends. The problem with a lot of white guys, they'll be friends with us at work. But once we leave work, walking towards our car, they won't speak to us no more because they don't want their friends to think that they're friends with a black guy. If you do truly, bec- and some of y'all know what I'm saying is true, if you truly become friends with a black guy, he would be your friend for life. No matter what you need, where you need to go, he can be across country. He'll find a way to get to you to help you. We have, as black people, we have this loyalty yeah we we can make jokes like everybody else but we have this loyalty that goes a long way and some people can't understand it and we need to learn that if we sit down say for instance some of you guys at work or girls at work and you go to lunch with people just open up say hey can i ask you guys a question can i simply just talk to you guys about something yeah it's gonna be touchy yeah, it's going to rattle some feathers, but both of y'all in all parties will love the answers if you keep your mind open and if you're willing to grow together. Because, listen, nothing in this country was built by one race of people. Originally, this country was owned by Indians, and the Indians built the foundation. They knew how to farm the land. Nothing in this country was built by one race of people. Whether it's homes, construction on commercial vehicles, whether it's farms, whether it's plants, whether it's our military, and I say plants, I mean companies like warehouses, whether it's the military, 
everything in this country, whether we have liked it or not, has always been diverse. Even in World War II, when we were fighting Hitler, it was blacks fighting along beside you. Even in the midst of being suppressed, even in the midst of being beaten, even in the midst of being hanged, it was black soldiers on the battle line with white soldiers because they loved this country just as much as you did. And all they wanted was an opportunity to prove it. All they wanted was an opportunity to simply just be friends. Even like today, I mean, you hear these guys, uh, if, 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 if Trump wins, we know black people going to attack white people. That's a lie. That's a lie. Black people ain't looking for no war with nobody. Now, would any race of people defend themselves? Yes. So then the guy says, because we know if Biden wins, we as white people, we're going to kill all the blacks. Why are we thinking like that? It's past time to quit thinking like that. It's time for us to start killing these racist ways and start growing in fellowship and friendship. Now, we're not going to all love each other. That's never going to happen. But we can like the way you live your life if it doesn't bother us. We can like the way you raise your kids and you send them off to the military or the school or you send them in a technical job if it doesn't bother us. We can sit back and watch that and we should be able to say, man, he's doing a good job. or Man, he's a good father or whatever. We should be able to accomplish that easily. But I think the problem is because when you really, you know, once again, I'm a truck driver. And I asked this guy one time the question and I opened it with, man, why, why, why do y'all, you know what this guy told me? He says, honestly, man, I don't know. It's just the way we was raised. He said, my father hated blacks. My grandfather hated blacks. I don't think nobody ever asked why. We just did. You know, my father would say, you don't ever want a black man over you, a black supervisor, my grandfather. I've heard this all my life. So, of course, when you hear that all your life, you grow up thinking that. And then when you meet a, a, a genuine guy, you really don't know how to be communication or friends with him because of something that you was raised in. We can ultimately alter the way that we are raised. And we simply just have to open up, have a conversation, share something. We have to quit tearing each other down for the sake of the enjoyment. And I get it. In this here country, not too long ago, in the 50s, 60s, and early 70s, and mid-70s, even in the 80s and 90s. White people have always, dear white people, have always made a sport out of killing black people. In the 60s, when y'all was hanging black people, for no reason, you would hang them in the middle of downtown and bring uh, uh, the kids and the wives, and everybody would just be there. And, and you, you marketed it as if it was a sport, when at the end of the day, it wasn't. So then when your kids saw that, 
then they grow up and they have kids, and then they grow up and they have kids, guess what? The cycle continues. We never break down the cycle until someone stands up and say, enough is enough. And here over the last three or four years, we've not said enough is enough. We've just gotten more violence towards one another. We've gotten more angry towards one another. And I get it probably go back the previous eight years. You was mad because Barack Obama was president. Well, you never gave him a chance to just be your president. You know, he wasn't trying to take the country. He was trying to lift the country up. So then now all we hearing is this undertone racial division. A prime example, today, what is it, Minnesota, the same group that stormed the governor's quarters a while back, stormed it again. Their goal was to kidnap the governor, take over the local government. And guess what the reason was? Because she closed the gym. That's what one of the guys say. Why was y'all going to do this? Well, she closed the gym. So you willing to kidnap this woman, kidnap other cabinet members, or whatever you decided to do, simply because you couldn't go to the gym? Where is our mindset? But see, they felt they can do that because of the undertone that we are hearing from our leaders, which is totally wrong. What has happened to good character, good morals, good responsibility, good values? Why have we thrown all that away for this? Because at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, he's going to die one day. You're not gonna, So when he leaves, where are you going to be at in your frame of mind, in your frame of thinking? We cannot and should not continue to allow ourselves to dislike one another simply because of the pigment of our skin. We have to, at some point, somewhere, somehow, you know, I was telling a friend, this another trucker, I say, you know what we need running for president next is a psychiatrist and a counselor. The psychiatrist need to be the president and the counselor need to be the vice president. And this country can survive the next couple of years without any other types of laws or rules. We need a, a president that's a, a, a psychiatrist and a counselor to simply just work on relationships in this here country so we can get back strong. That's what we need. We need uh, somebody that can come in and, and, and not be afraid to tackle and, 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 and open up dialogues and open up conversation of let's let this go and let's build this up. Let's stop tearing this down and let's start lifting this up. Let's, let's learn to somehow equalize this here to where we can come together I mean, we all go to the same sporting arenas together. We ain't in the, the stands fighting each other. So why are we out here in the streets fighting each other? It makes no sense. We deserve better in this country. So when I when I opened this up with dear white people, it was for everybody just because I'm black. I said that. And it's not a racist thing. It's just I'm black. So if I'd have been white, I'd have said, dear black people. 
and it wouldn't have been offensive. We have to, and I probably don't say this so much for those who listen to this podcast going to be upset. We need to learn how to open up dialogue. You would have thought our churches would have done it. But have y'all seen the, the survey? That more Christian whites have racial ways than non-Christian whites, like 55%. So we're not, the church ain't doing their jobs. Because if you leave in church still disliking somebody because of the pigment of their skin, your church did not do their job. I mean, I've been saying a long time, if uh, I'm the pastor of Queen City Bike Church, I would love, love to have a white uh, assistant pastor. I need a white assistant pastor. So that we can work together on building up the bike community. When you go to a Harley Davidson dealership, you see bikers. Don't nobody care. Harley Davidson don't care what color somebody is if you buy a motorcycle. They just care that you buy a motorcycle so they can keep their numbers up. So if that's the case, when are we going to do something? When are we going to stop this all black lives matter? Listen, it is upsetting when you turn around and say all lives matter. But now y'all got this thing, blue lives matter. I don't know if y'all noticed, but most most police departments in the United States actually have more blacks on there, even in the large or small city. Got more blacks on their police department than whites now. So please understand, we get it. But it's almost like this, that old-fashioned saying, you can't have your cake and ice cream and eat it too. You know, I don't know why they say that. Cause I love cake and ice cream together. You know, but but what I'm getting at is, if all lives mattered, why not allow all lives to treat each other equally? If blue lives matter, why not teach blue lives to treat everybody equally? See, that's how we solve that. Because black people, when we say black lives matter, we're not saying don't arrest a criminal. Arrest a criminal. If he robbed a bank, raped a woman, beat somebody, killed somebody, arrest him. But what we're saying is, in this country, it's legal to carry arms. It's not illegal. So why is it only illegal that when a black man has a concealed weapons permit, he still gets killed for having a weapon. But when a white man has a AK-47 strapped around him with a bazooka and tanker on him, he gets to live. So that's why when black people say black lives matter, we saying treat us fairly. So then y'all come back and it's insulting because you can't have your cake and ice cream and eat it too. So you turn around and say all lives matter. But all lives is not being suppressed. All lives was never being hung from a tree. All lives was never had to go to school and, and have the police and National Guard. All lives never burnt down a church with four little girls, little girls, six, eight, ten years old, little girls in it. All lives matter never raped and molested your children. 
So hear me when I say that, dear white people. Let's learn, if we're going to say that, let's bring education with that. But until we do that, listen to what we're saying when we say black lives matter. It's not derogatory. We're not saying that to start a war or to start an argument. We're saying that to bring awareness to something that's happening. Now listen, I'm going to get personal. White cops been torturing black people for years. The only difference is back then when a black person went to the precinct or went to the police station to fill out a report, they did it on paper. And then they say, I'm going to hand it over to the supervisor. Well, their supervisor was Mr. Trash King. Because as soon as that person turned away, they threw it in the trash can. So this is nothing new to black people. The only difference is not everybody has a cell phone. And we can record it. And we can show it. And this has been going on for years. And then you go home and you tell your kids about what you've been doing. So then they hear the joy and excitement of how you talking about it. So now they become police officers. And the cycle continues. And nobody sees what they're doing is wrong when it truly is wrong. Because we are all equal and we all have the rights as human beings to live our lives in a possible way to live our lives in a decent way. So all I'm going to say as I close, let's learn to come together. Let's learn to work together. Let's learn to hold up and, and, and have a conversation. If I'm at the cigar bar and I sit beside a white guy, you shouldn't get up and leave because I sit there. Just sit there. Maybe I might say, hey, how you doing? You got questions you've always wanted to ask. Ask that person. That's how we start. We have to start somewhere. So listen, this your boy uh, with the, a segment of the Q Talk. I didn't use our regular show's name because this has nothing to do with the regular show. This is just my conversation to you guys. So listen, this is the Q Talk, and the title today was simply just called Dear White People. And I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you guys. I love all of you more than you'll ever know. I pray so much for so many people that I'll probably never meet simply because I love you guys.